0: Daily Drive is brought to you by Reynolds & Reynolds, the industry leader in automotive technology. Find out what Reynolds is up to in the digital retailing space by visiting reyrey.com slash That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash Hi everyone,
1: this is Steve Schmidt with Automotive News. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 23rd. There are a lot of headlines these days related to autonomous vehicles. Vehicles powered by electricity, natural gas, and other alternative fuels, infrastructure, supply chain resiliency and disruption, clean energy, and climate change. Debate continues regarding safe use of these technologies in both commercial and passenger use cases. And there are test beds throughout the United States that are working to integrate and perfect how these technologies all work in harmony. In the midst of continued testing and ongoing conversation on how to safely deploy these technologies, one environment continues to emerge as an example of how to do it. Shipping Yards and Ports Outrider CEO, Andrew Smith, and his team are working with a host of companies and port operators to deploy the company's autonomous, zero-emission trucks, and coupling those vehicles with software systems and connected infrastructure that ultimately delivers a holistic solution that makes the movement of goods in ports and yards more efficient More resilient, cleaner for the environment, and safer for workers. He says the company's customers clearly see and are recognizing value and returns from their investments in Outrider solutions, but there is still a lot of scaling to do. He also says adopting these technologies requires talent with a different set of skills. What kind of skills? How can the company's solutions translate into value on the manufacturing plant floor? And how can deployment in ports and yards help scale deployment of AVs and EVs on public roads? We've reached Outrider CEO, Andrew Smith, at the company's corporate headquarters in Boulder, Colorado. Andrew, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. How are you?
2: I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: It's so good to speak with you. Um, I'm very... Interested of the work that Outrider is doing when it comes to AVs and EVs within yards and transportation hubs, you know, we see a lot of news discussing progress in this area on public roads and both passenger and commercial use cases. Can you talk a little bit about trends that are going on in these environments where Outrider is focused, ports, yards, depots, etc.?
2: Absolutely. So there is obviously a lot of work going on in the automation field and has been for several years now. Uh, We, uh, Outrider, have been extremely focused on this critical link of the supply chain, which we call distribution yards, the the, the depots yards you you mentioned in your question. Uh, On an annual basis in the U.S. alone, there's around 10 billion tons of freight uh, moving through the country. And the majority of this at one point or another is touching some type of distribution yard or another. And uh, right now, as we're speaking, there's over 50,000 what are called yard trucks that are shuffling around trailers or containers in these yards uh, that get dropped off by over-the-road trucks and uh, taken to and from the loading docks of warehouses and production facilities. What we're focused on is the autonomous solution that streamlines this critical link in the supply chain and delivers dramatic improvements in efficiency, safety, and sustainability to the uh, to the customers that use these systems
1: how fast is the use of technologies in these areas how fast is that growing is it a few yards that are uh, experimenting with the technology is it more than that can you give us a sense of how uh, scaled the the use of automation is in these areas
2: so uh, the reality is we are just scratching the surface so outrider, I got to work back in 2018, has been cranking ever since with multiple Fortune 500 companies to deploy these systems and scale them across their yards. Uh, But there are thousands of large distribution yards uh, that, as of this moment while we're on the phone, are still operating much as they have over the last several decades. So we expect a tremendous increase in literally thousands of these autonomous systems being deployed over the next several years uh, in these distribution yards that essentially move everything we wear or eat or or build with.
1: Infrastructure is going to have a big play here, both at the federal level and even this week in your home state where Outrider is headquartered, Golden, Colorado. Uh, the governor there recently passed some legislation that looks to grow the use of electrified technologies in that state, whether at the federal level, whether at the state level, how important is infrastructure legislation for speeding the scaling of this technology in ports and yards, et cetera.
2: So when we think about legislation, one of the most important things for us is just making sure these are smart infrastructure investments. So what you would invest in today uh, is and should be very different uh, than what it was a few years ago. And if, and if the infrastructure being invested in is not one zero emission or, or low carbon, and two, not uh, fully considering the rapid advancements in automation, those won't be the right investments. Um, We're very uh, encouraged by the direction these recent bills have been taking. Um, To be clear, though, with or without this legislation, Outrider will be scaling very rapidly with our customers to deploy these zero-emission autonomous solutions. Um, From the beginning, uh, and this even goes to, to my past, I worked on a electric vehicle demonstration project 25 years ago, and it's just been incredible what's, what's been achieved over the last few decades. Um, but from the beginning, Outriders focused on putting all of its automation systems on electric vehicle platforms from day one, because this is the trend and the lower cost of ownership, more sustainable and more reliable platform for the supply chain of the future.
1: You talk about already you're making a, a references to the operational benefits, some of the some of the environmental benefits. I want to dive into those here in the next couple of questions. But largely, why are logistics and heavy enterprise companies turning to automation, adopting this, embracing these types of technologies for um, the, the the areas where they operate?
2: So automation, quite simply, especially in the supply chain application, brings resiliency and velocity uh, to these, this critical movement of goods. And so, while you've seen this inside the warehouse, really OutRider is the first to market and leader in thinking about bringing next levels of resiliency and velocity uh, to this yard environment. So, some of the some of the specific uh, uh, pain points that our systems invo- uh, address whether that be with retail customers or package shippers or e-commerce sites, is that, uh, number one, uh, we help with staffing challenges for these dull, dirty, dangerous jobs. Number two, we help speed the truck turn time, which basically means reducing congestion and letting over-the-road trucks get in and out of a warehouse or distribution facility faster. Um, we reduce equipment damage in these yards Uh, and uh, hazards to people by getting people away from 80,000 pounds of equipment. And by putting our system on these next generation electric vehicle platforms, we simultaneously reduce the carbon footprint of our customer operations. So this package together delivers an incredible level of uh, efficiency, safety, and sustainability uh, to our supply chain customers.
1: Under the theme of operational benefits, do you have any sort of numbers, right? Is it a five percent, ten percent savings, cost reduction, more uptime? any sort of any sort of metrics based on the clients that you're serving that that speak to the operational benefits that come from going with automated solutions?
2: I, absolutely. So uh, I guess the first thing to think about is just back of the envelope. Uh, we have a direct cost reduction for our customers. Um, but really, what's accelerating the demand uh, for these autonomous yard solutions, uh, the 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 next the big thing is safety. So just getting people away from eighty thousand pound pieces of equipment that work through the night, three hundred and sixty five days a year, and having people around those vehicles is just a hazard. So all of our customers are very focused on that. and uh, that is uh, a, a uh, can be quantified. Not just an insurance cost, but just the, the, the tremendous negative impact it has when there are accidents involving people in these environments. Um, the other key uh, indicator is in terms of efficiency in the yard. Just by saving five to ten minutes for over-the-road traffic passing through a yard by making sure the right trailer is in the right place at the right time. Uh, quick back-of-the-envelope numbers um, from our side show that we can put a million days of person time back into the economy by not having over-the-road trucks stuck in yards trying to drop off and pick up trailers with unnecessary congestion.
1: Well, that's particularly important now, given not only supply chain disruptions that are impacting automakers and their ability to build vehicles, but you look at disruptions like the Suez Canal incident. You look at backups, as I understand it, that and literally, in many places, there are ships in in the water waiting to offload that million man hours of savings. That's pretty impactful. I, am I tracking that correctly?
2: It, it's it's very significant. So our system is all about. Uh, it's a great tool for these customers and making sure we are allowing customers to allocate their people to the most value added tasks in the operation.
1: Let's talk about the environmental benefits. I assume less idling, obviously the benefits that come from EVs in themselves. Can you dive a little bit deeper and talk about the environmental benefits that come from these automated solutions?
2: Absolutely. So we we sort of had an expression early on as we engaged the market saying that uh, you know we could go ahead and put next-generation autonomy on top of a diesel truck, but that would sort of be like strapping an iPhone to a horse and wagon. You can do it, uh, but it's not the best thing for customers of the world. So um, from day one, we focused on zero-emission electric truck platforms. Uh, these electric vehicles, based on uh, advancements in battery and increased competition in that market, Um, have quickly become the lowest cost of ownership vehicle, even without autonomy in these yard environments. Um, But uh, adoption of capital-intensive pieces of equipment like trucks takes a a, a long time period. So uh, by teaming our autonomous solutions with these electric vehicle platforms, we can really speed the rate at which these EVs come to market. And displacing these 50,000 unnecessarily idling uh, diesel yard trucks in the U.S. alone is equivalent to knocking out a massive coal-fired power plant just in terms of the carbon benefits of of, of, of transitioning to EVs in this one piece of the supply chain. The electric vehicles also uh, provide a more stable power plant uh, platform for autonomous systems. And by linking the electric trucks to our autonomy, it means that we can have these vehicles go back And automatically charge during low points in customer activities in one of these yards. So it's really this perfect solution uh, that is better for the globe from a carbon emission standpoint, but also just gets associates at the customers we work with out of the way of harmful diesel emissions at the ground level.
1: When you talk about refueling or recharging, I have to believe, or my assumption would be is probably a better way to do it, that is it a wash when you compare, I have to have fuel pumps on site to fill up my diesel powered engine, or I have to invest in a charging network within my facility to quickly charge this fleet. Is it a cost equivalency? Um, Any any perspectives on that?
2: Yeah. So there's no question that Every competitive enterprise, as we go over the next several years, will be transitioning to a, a electricity focused yard operation. Uh, most of these locations have electric forklifts of some type or AGVs inside the facility. So they already uh, have a lot of charging infrastructure which aligns very well with deploying the electric trucks outside the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see that transition and, and that sort sort of become the standard as we go forward. Um, In terms of uh, refueling and the complexities with that, uh, again, it just is extra congestion and extra hazard to have trucks coming on to uh, fuel your yard vehicles when they could just plug into the same electrical grid that's uh, supplying forklifts inside the building or other machinery.
1: Thanks for listening. We'll be right back with more.
0: As online experiences exploded this past year, it was clear dealers needed an approach that kept them in business for the long term. Chris Walsh, Casey Edwards, and Dave Bates, top Reynolds executives, sat down to discuss today's digital retailing landscape. Here's an excerpt from that roundtable discussion. So what are dealers trying to do
1: to get this fully online and online to in-store experience?
0: That's a great question. And honestly, it's it's kind of a hard one to answer because retailers are kind of defining and using digital retailing differently. You know, to some dealers, it's selling a car to
2: whether it's sales and F&I, and they, they tend to be approaching it in chunks versus, you know, kind of a holistic, holistic approach. And then you end up just focusing on one or two things when you need
0: to focus on, you know, more of a big picture. Digital retailing is dealership operations, period. Reynolds' Retail Anywhere approach focuses on streamlining dealership operations and improving profitability. For more information about this big-picture, holistic approach, visit reyrey.com slash retail anywhere. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot com slash retail anywhere.
1: What Outrider is doing is what I would describe as a holistic solutions. In conversations you're having with customers or potential customers, are companies considering adoption of automated solutions looking at just the machines themselves? Or are they looking at it in that more holistic lens of machine plus software plus
2: people? So there's no question that the real insight and advantage that Outriders had since the beginning is looking at it in a holistic way because at the end of the day, that's what the customers want. They want this integrated service to help address these multiple pain points. And up to this point, a lot of the solutions were really band-aids as opposed to an integrated solution. So we brought together a very unique uh, pool of talent uh, to build the system that we have, and and it really includes three pillars. A management software pillar that maximizes the productivity of the on-site personnel by being able to move millions of tons of freight with the click of a button. Uh, The second pillar is the AV itself, which is this highly reliable machine uh, that, that undertakes uh, moving trailers as well as connecting and disconnecting them. Uh, and then site infrastructure where we uh, can help our customers lay out the site and have this really integrated new way of running their yard.
1: Let's talk a little bit more about that talent piece. What kind of skills are needed and how can companies upskill existing employees?
2: So, as I mentioned before, there's unquestionably this trend in the dull, dirty, dangerous jobs uh, that it's hard to find people that want to work a night shift uh, in in a raging blizzard, moving trailers back and forth to loading bays. Uh, and it's a dangerous place to put people. So uh, with all of our customers, uh, we are closely aligned in figuring out how to give them the 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 autonomous machines and system that allows their people to do more with less effort and time. And then most importantly, that can be trained in these technologies and uh, move up with, within their organization. So there's all sorts of, um, it, it's amazing to see the new types of jobs that are required uh, and, and technical capabilities um, that, uh, that people are upskilling their workers with to run these systems. And the automation isn't just happening in the yard, it's happening inside the warehouse, it's happening in how they track their their shipments through the country. Um, transportation 10 years ago will be, uh, very different than transportation in another 10 years.
1: When it comes to truck drivers and frankly, the driving profession, at least in this country, there is a truck driver shortage. Still, there are folks out there that would see this type of automation as a pathway to job loss. What would you say to those folks?
2: So from the very beginning of founding the company, Outriders had the mission to demonstrate the responsible deployment of autonomy technology. And so what that means to us is number one, making sure that we're delivering something that is safer and and more productive than what used to be there. And the second thing is working closely with our customers such that as this technology gets deployed, I it, it avoids as much direct job loss as possible. Because at the end of the day, as you increase productivity, you're just increasing uh, the opportunity for more job creation in a given company. You want to just the one thing you want to avoid is the sort of direct job loss, where the next day somebody doesn't have a job. And with the current rates of attrition that take place in this industry, over 30% of people that work in these yard environments are quitting on an annual basis, based on the type of work. You've got the ability to phase in this technology. And I uh, and and uh, as people leave, and then for additional people, point them towards more value-added professions. So, uh, in every application we're working with customers, uh, they are extremely eager to repurpose those people inside a warehouse, for example, or get them into trucks that are out over the road where autonomy is not an option in the near future.
1: Thirty percent—that's huge.
2: It, it's it's quite amazing. It's uh, you, I, you'll have to give it a try. This is a a very respectful, or I should say a very, very tough job out there, um, moving these trailers back and forth, uh, backing them to docks, uh, getting in and out of the truck to connect to and from trailers. It's a it's a very hazardous environment where we'd be thrilled to get more people out of it.
1: Well, I think also from a business perspective, if you're sitting in HR, right, traditionally to replace an employee takes a lot more money than to retrain an employee. So this not only has the operational benefits that we've talked about, but from an HR and a talent perspective, there is a strategy there relative to lowering talent costs and also creating a more advanced, highly skilled workforce. And that, I think, creates a competitive advantage for any sort of company.
2: Absolutely. And it's been really interesting, uh, again, as we as we ventured down this path. Um, uh, people are extremely excited for this, and and the way companies um, look at, at jobs in the supply chain now, it's not so much about um, the you know who does the most manual labor. It's who's got the team that can deploy the most streamlined technology the fastest. So you mentioned
1: supply chain. Let's let's spend a little time around supply chain and the very timely and relevant topic right now of resiliency. Naturally, what Outrider is doing delivers resiliency in terms of a more efficient movement of goods in these in these areas. Are there other ways that an automated port yard depot also creates more resiliency in the supply chain?
2: So you mentioned it before, just the challenge of hiring people, training people, letting people go during downturns. At the end of the day, uh, when there are surges in demand or drops in demand, it is extremely time-consuming and challenging to manage uh, this flow of workers. It's also uh, very hard on the individuals that get pulled in and out to to try to address these surges. So the Outrider system at its core uh, addresses resiliency in the, in the supply chain by having this very reliable system on hand and ready to move. Um, in addition, by being based on electricity, it means that you're not uh, all of a sudden, your supply chains aren't uh, supply chain costs aren't shooting up just because uh, fuel supplies for one reason or another are 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 surging or decreasing. So um, just overall, the platform allows this resiliency. and the the pandemic over the last year certainly showed the benefit of bringing these additional systems into, Uh, the largest enterprise supply chains that that, that we depend on on a daily basis.
1: Let's close with a couple of questions looking into the future. How is what you are doing and the clients that you are serving in ports, yards, what kind of impact, what kind of influence is that going to have if I'm an automaker, if I'm a supplier on my manufacturing plant floors um, in, in you know, countries around the world?
2: So it's, it's an excellent question. And I, the answer, I think, is, is uh, fairly easy to envision at this point. I, everything inside the warehouse, inside the yard, and eventually over the road are going to have higher and higher levels of intelligent automation taking place. And so by automating the yard, how that impacts the plant floor is up to this point in time, uh, uh it, there was a lot of investment, billions and billions of dollars of money going into bringing in automated guided vehicles inside a plant, other automation types of technology and conveyor belts, et cetera. And then when those products or, uh, inputs got to the dock door, it was done the way it had been for decades where somebody called up a guy who was waiting to, uh, Uh, get a trailer assigned to them and eventually they drive over and move it. And so by eliminating those bottlenecks in the yard, you start to eliminate bottlenecks inside the manufacturing floor. And you can start to see this fully integrated system from someone placing an order to that order, getting moved from the warehouse or production facility to the yard and then from the yard to over the road, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Particularly important in an industry that operates just in time, right? Tires and wheels show up at the assembly plant at the same time that the car starts going down the production line, particularly important. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So an an autonomous yard truck, it's not offsetting the cost of having a driver in the yard truck. It's really ensuring that the right trailer is at the right dock door at the right moment. So the 10 people inside waiting to load the truck uh, have what they need ready to go.
1: Let's talk about consumers, everyday consumers, trust in this technology. Uh, interest in riding in a vehicle like with these technologies interest in actually buying a vehicle with these technologies how is what you're doing and what all uh, what what this technology is doing in the um, in, in ports and in cities how is that going to influence the scaling of this technology on public roads?
2: So over the next few years, Outrider will be deploying thousands of zero emission autonomous solutions, moving millions of tons of cargo with the press of a button. I, I, what we're doing in these yards is part of many companies' efforts inside warehouses, our efforts, over-the-road efforts in solidifying uh, both the capabilities of the technology and the safety cases around this technology to get people comfortable Um, to apply autonomy to more and more difficult situations. So, uh, on on the autonomy side, uh, what we're doing is certainly going to be yet another example of where autonomy is not just a cool demonstration, but a place where it's really working and having a direct input on the cost of moving goods to and from people. On the electric vehicle side, um, we will be driving the demand for thousands of electric vehicles and, and accelerating the transition of an industry. Um, that will uh, arrive to this zero emission future, but it'll arrive a lot faster um, based on dedication of our teams and and our supply network uh, to make these technologies work today in very relevant operations.
1: I also think they make economic sense, right? Let's scale this in commercial use cases versus consumer use cases for the economics, but also the demonstration of, Hey, this stuff works. You can trust this stuff, et cetera.
2: Absolutely. And And uh, the devil's in the details. And so we as a company are focused, obviously, on these combined private property, uh, uh, very important applications. Um, But then we also realize that to get any of these technology solutions to work, it involves a lot of hard work and and a lot of uh, checking of the boxes to make sure um, you have the reliability and performance to make it a new standard.
1: Andrew, thanks so much for joining me today on Daily Drive. Very interesting conversation and very interesting topic around how these emerging technologies are being deployed today in in ports and yards. Thank you for taking a few minutes.
2: Thank you so much.
1: That's Daily Drive for Wednesday, June 23rd. For breaking news, go to autonews.com. And to catch up on all of our episodes of Daily Drive, go to autonews.com forward slash daily drive. As always, thanks for listening. I'll be back tomorrow.